What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around the side of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because they bring friends together. I haven't had any messages on my last couple episodes, so I got some catching up to do. I got a bunch of calls that we're going to get to from a bunch of totally rad dudes. Um... Yeah, we got calls, like, if you didn't read the description, we got calls from all over the place. We got calls from Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. We got calls from Spencer of Keep Off the Borderlands. We got uh, Joe Salvatore of Raven God Games. Carl of The Geomologist Presents. And Arfed, Darren himself, man. That's right. Arfed is back. Rocks fall. Everybody dies. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about my last couple episodes. And so to kick us off, we got Jason. He's going to be talking about uh, my ex, my episode, The Time of Cowboy Sex, talking about what sort of game system you would run for a Cowboy Bebop type game. I, I propose the idea of maybe using like an Apocalypse War or a Powered by the Apocalypse type game. Uh, Jason had proposed Cyberpunk. Carl had proposed um, not Twilight 2000, which I always think of as a space game, but it starts with an E. It starts with an E is the game that Carl proposed. That's all about like transhumanism and stuff. It's a sci-fi game. Can't think of it right now, and I didn't check before I started recording because I'm good at what I do. So, Jason, let's talk about some Cowboy Bebop RPG. (laughs) So I'm packing up to get ready to head out to the game tonight, and I realize I'm putting into my bag a six-pack of Bohemia in an unopened bag of pretzel sticks, literal beer and pretzels. But when I got started thinking about it, I've been running beer and pretzel games, playing in beer and pretzel games ever since I started as a kid. We substituted Coca-Cola for the beer and Goldfish Crackers for the pretzels, but same diff, man. That's old school. That's OSR. Yep, let's get into the show. Hey, Joe, Jason here, pulling in Orton four and a half minutes into your latest episode, the Cowboy Sex episode, talking about game systems for Cowboy Bebop. The reason I mentioned, and again, my exposure, I've been watching, I've got through a few more episodes of the anime, but my exposure is mainly, and the thing I want to capture more than anything is that TV show, especially the first part of it. it the ending was whatever. It was, I mean, it was fine, but that I'm, I don't necessarily, anyway, that's not the point. Point is, the reason I recommend an interlock, Cyberpunk 2020, is I think it matches the technology well, level well enough because all the space in the in the advanced sci-fi stuff is all hand-waved. You just hand-wave all that crap, just like they do in the show. They don't try to explain or anything, but the guns are guns like you see in Cyberpunk. The cybernetic level that you see in the game is about the cybernetic level of Cyberpunk. Plus, I think Cyberpunk 2020 has one of the best combat systems in the world, and I would really want to use that combat system. The So with the clip phase, we'd have to learn a new game, which may or may not be a problem. Probably wouldn't be a problem. But it's got a ton of stuff in the game that's irrelevant to me. Like you're saying, like I don't care about the hard sci-fi stuff. I don't want ship rules. You, you know, we could ha- you could have some basic ship-to-ship combat because you have that in the game. But you, you're going to mainly hand wave it because you don't want to get in the crunchy things of ship-to-ship combat. Or at least I don't. And I don't care about uplifted species or any of that. I want to mimic what we saw in the TV show. So you don't need all that stuff. 
Um, so to, and, I, and I don't want to get into how science works and all that. I want to hand wave that stuff. So basically you're playing like a cyberpunk game, but they can also fly around to different worlds through the gates, right? That's kind of what I'm looking at. The, which doesn't say any clip face wouldn't do it. And I'm almost up to a minute, so I'll have to leave you another message to talk about my thoughts on Powered by the Apocalypse. Powered by the Apocalypse is interesting, and it might actually work really well considering the characters in the show fail a lot. And my impression, and I'm still waiting for you to run Powered by the Apocalypse for me, Joe, or not for just me, but I'm looking forward to running in a game of Powered by the Apocalypse you're running. Let's not put me up on a pedestal. But because my impression from playing Powered by the Apocalypse in the past is normally your characters suck and they always either fail or they pass with a hindrance and you're always taking negatives. Like you hardly ever like completely succeed. You're always doing, you succeeded, but the shitty thing happens, which kind of matches the show to some degree because they, they kept screwing up throughout the show. So maybe Power of the Apocalypse would be good for that. Um, the power gamer in me doesn't like Power of the, by the Apocalypse because you your character sucks so much in it, but it, it, aesthetically it would work for that show, so I'd be down to give that a shot too. Eclipse Phase, that was the name. Thank you, Jason. I, I said it started with an E. I was right about that. So, yeah, man. Lots to unpack there. Let's start with the last stuff. I don't think your characters suck in Powered by the Apocalypse game, man. You're rolling 2d6, adding a modifier. Maybe plus one, plus two, sometimes a minus one. Uh, and you're trying to get... You know, if you get a... What is it? Seven to nine. You succeed with... A cost sometimes, but not even like a bad way. Yeah, no, your characters are actually pretty, pretty boss and powered by the apocalypse game. So, you know, what you were saying about how the show, they do, they do fail a lot. I, yeah, man, I think that would be cool if there was a, a cool powered by the apocalypse game, or I could just, you could just make playbooks. I'm not making a playbook. I don't design games. It's not what I do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But I hear what you're saying about cyberpunk. You would just, for me, I would just tone down the cyber and the punkiness of it and just mostly use interlock as kind of a standalone system. Certainly dump all the, uh, the net running stuff and everything like that. You could use a lot of the career pass, you know, a rocker boy sort of. Um, you could reskin that to be bounty hunter or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you know, inter- I, I hear you. I hear you about Interlock, man. I'm certainly, yeah, I don't know. But uh, as far as the ending of the show, dude, come on. Come on. The ending is so good, dude. The question that Julia asks is brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, God, it's so good. And I wish it got asked more in that type of fiction. You know, I really did. I really wish it got... As soon, when she asked it, I was like, yep, that's smart writing. <laughs> that is very, very smart writing. Anyway, man, uh, yeah. So that was uh, Jason, obviously, talking about the time of cowboy sex. Up next, we got um, Carl and Arfed and Jason. We're going to talk about games, games, games. That's what we're going to talk about. Carl and Arfed both called in to talk about the funnel. 
the DCC funnel that I played in because I played with Carl and then Darren, our fed was in the other group that Jason has run through the same funnel. So that's cool that they both called in to talk about that. That pumps me up. So let's talk about that. Hey Joe, it's calling about the blackout and crater Valley game. Definitely really fun. And I think your comment about that's a lot of players really shows how well Jason managed it because I mean, it took, well, we played like four hours, so that's about convention time play, and it seemed to really work out, and I felt like we were able to do some role-playing. I mean, it's a little hard because we're going back and forth, and sometimes you lose what characters are doing, but um, I think the default was they're just hanging out like kids are wont to do, so um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Like you pointed out, I'm not a fan of one-shots, and I always think of what the campaign could be if we continued. Um, I liked it, and uh, it'd be fun to do a funnel that led to a campaign. Alfred here, just calling in. I also played in uh, Jason's DCC funnel, um, and I, I really enjoyed the character creation. Uh, and I knew it was a one shot, so we only had a sort of three, three and a half hour window. Um, so I, I think similar to yourself, found it hard not to try and sort of play the characters a bit more and do a little bit more role playing. We had so many good characters and ways that we could interact our characters, but we just didn't have the time. I think it, if if I if I could, I'd have preferred to play it over two sessions so we could have really just um, enjoyed the, the playoff of the characters, etc. But it was a good adventure. I enjoyed it. Jason did a good job of running it. Um, so I'd definitely recommend it. But the, the funnels, maybe not quite for me, but good as a one shot. Yeah, I, I hear you, Arfed. I don't know. Like, I don't know if the funnels my sort of jam either because, you know, you and Carl both touched on it that it's cool to have so many characters and it's cool to have them all interact, but you're, it's so rushed and it's hard. Honestly, I had a pretty good feel for Becky. My heart throbbed, especially towards the end. I really leaned into some shit towards the end there. She went, she went bonkers. Um, Steven, my karate expert. I had a solid feel for him. Melvin, the wallflower, he was easy because he's just kind of a wallflower. So I didn't really have to do much with him. I gave him a little nerdy voice like, meh, meh. Uh, but Kevin, the political activist, I didn't, I didn't have a good feel for him at all. So he kind of got laid to the back. Um, and he was definitely one that I was throwing at danger to try and get them killed. But yeah, you know, Jason actually talked about how he wanted well, because our group ran late. We ran like an hour and a half late. Um, and Jason at one point talked about how if we wanted to do it in two parts. And that probably would have been cool. You could definitely take more time. You know, that's six hours as compared to three. So you get double the, double the fun for your four characters. But I just can't imagine, you know, Carl talks about like four hours is a convention time, but at a convention table, there's generally like a lot of people. I can't imagine six players each with four characters 
and trying to make that work. That seems crazy to me. Like it's it's enough with six just characters trying to deal with all that and make sure everybody's having fun and getting their screen time and all that stuff, moving the camera around, making sure folks are involved with 24 friggin' characters, man. It woo. Yeah, I don't know. Jason did an amazing job. You both are right. Jason absolutely did an amazing job of running that cuz I that'd be I'd be hard pressed. I'd be hard pressed to run something like that. Just dealing with all of those characters. Woo, man, good work, Jason. And yeah, absolutely a really a really fun adventure if you like that sort of 80s horror vibe. It's it's super fun. I would uh, like Jason mentioned, and I mentioned in Games, 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 if I were running it, or if you were to run it, I would amp up the danger a little bit. Because, you know, <laughs> we only lost two. I think the group that our fed was in, I think they only lost a couple characters. And I think the idea with the funnel is pretty much all the players are supposed to lose three of their characters, three of the four, right? That's the whole idea. So yeah, I would definitely have to ramp up the the uh, the danger, you know, instead of random encounters all the time because that's that was part of the problem with our group. We rarely rolled a random encounter, so there was potential danger out there, but we didn't face any of it because we would just roll and we would all none of us would roll a random encounter. We only got like one maybe. Maybe none at all. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. So instead of making them all random encounters, I would actually just throw in some encounters when the party goes from place to place. Maybe not every time, but definitely a few. And enc- like, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get encountered <laughs> by something. Uh, but that's it. That's 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 the only thing. Other than it not seeming to be deadly enough for what for a funnel it's great it's a really fun adventure like carl and darren both pointed out and everyone has pointed out the character creation for it is top notch it's really good you end up coming up with super fun characters just rolling rolling randomly and some of the connections we had between our characters was great it's it's just a solid solid adventure so thanks dude thanks for those calls uh, that was fun that you both called in talking about that stuff. That that made me really happy. Um, yeah, up next, Jason. He's going to call in to talk about my unboxing of my first ever sets of DCC dice. He's got some different ideas. I talked about how you could use the fun dice for uh, damage dice for weapons, and he's got some other ideas. So take it away, Jason. Hey, Joe, Jason. You're a really fun show. Your games, games, games show. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, that's awesome when you're unboxing those DCC dice. The other thing you can do with those is exactly what you said. You, you know, Magic Sword, well, it does one die size higher. And, and honestly, it, it would probably work out about the same. I, I don't know. I'm not a math guy, but a plus one sword, a D6 plus one, or a, or a D7. You, you know what I mean? So just, you, you can do it that way, or if people are rolling, you know, check or something. I don't know. There, there's all kinds of ways you can use them, though. And we should definitely do another DCC funnel, so that'd be a lot of fun. The big, biggest difference between the two groups, by the way, was the British group embraced their hoodlumness right away. Like, they immediately were happy to break into houses, do B&E and stuff like that. 
where you guys, you know, were, were a lot more hesitant to do that kind of stuff. That was the biggest difference between the two groups. That's because we're a bunch of nice boys, man. We're not like those hoodlum UK dudes. No way. Those street toughs. We're, we're nice boys. We're not breaking into play. Well, there were some girls there, too. Um, <clears throat> fictional. Fictional women. Well, no, girls. They're girls. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Were they pretty? <laughs> Hell yeah, Becky's a heartthrob. Pretty as shit. Um... But yeah, dude, like the DCC dice are super fun. Uh, they're like you were saying. There's there's a billion ways you could use them. You know, you could give the player like the D thirty or the D twenty four every now and then when they need to make a check, and then that improves their chances. Uh, yeah, the difference between a <clears throat> you know a D six and a or a D six plus one and a D seven is you can never get just one point with a D six plus one. That's why I always, I know, I am also a fan of the D12, but given the choice between a weapon that does 2D6 or 1D12, sorry, I'm always going with the 2D6. <laughs> I like to roll me some dice. Anyway, dude, thanks for the call, Jason. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into some talk about the last episode now. Let's talk about my drug and ramble. All right, here we go. Hey, Joe. It's the other Joe. So I learned something about you in this most recent episode, your drunken rant episode. One is that you like to say pretty girls a lot. And two, you listen to Cube. My boy. I, I listened to Cube all the time back in the day. It was that angst, man. That, that young man angst. I loved it. Anyway, see ya. It's the Raven God himself. That's right. What's up, Joe? Good to hear from you, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so the album in question was Raw Footage. Uh, it's a great album. I'm sure you've listened to it if you listen to Cube. And so the story was, like, I've known this fellow for a while, uh, but we were never, we we're, you know, he was a friend of a friend, right? Um, always, we were always cool with each other, but never anything much. So... I was walking out uh, of a Mexican restaurant. I had just picked up some lunch or something. This was years and years and years ago. Uh, he just happened to be driving by at the time. And it was like, hey, dude, you want to ride? I was like, sure, man. That sounds awesome. Hop in the car. He just happened to be playing raw footage. And both of us were just like, damn, this album rules, man. And we just kind of drove around for a while. We listened to the whole album. We ended up going back to his place and hanging out some more, having a few beers, listening to the album again. And that just started this awesome friendship, man. <laughs> and it's, it, I love how music can do that. All sorts of different things can do that. But, you know, he's a musician, so it's cool that we could bond over some music. And... You know, looking at this, dude, I don't know if you would suspect he listens to a bunch of rap. He is a, you know, what a lot of, he has gotten this before in the past where people look at him and think he's sort of a bad guy. He's like a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big, bald, white dude, uh, punk rock white dude. And a lot of people like to pigeonhole him because of the way he looks and he's not like that at all he's a super teddy bear of a dude who can also knock some people out <laughs> so he's kind of he's awesome dude he showed up at my birthday party one year 
a bunch of people and on his hips he had two holsters that carried beers they were they were beer holsters and it was the coolest thing ever uh and then yeah i i i may have said pretty girls a time or two so what do i mean what do i mean when i say pretty girls what does pretty girls mean to a person who can't really see their face so for me it's the way they talk the way they smell the way they act or move like so much of that what they what they talk about uh that's so so much more of what i consider a pretty girl has to do with personality traits rather than looks and that's yeah i mean not to toot my own horn but that's pretty cool it's kind of hard for me to be like a super shallow asshole when I can't really tell. You know, a good rule of thumb I, <laughs> I've always had is if I can tell someone is wearing makeup, they, they, they're probably wearing too much makeup. Because <laughs> otherwise I won't be able to tell at all. And yeah, especially in a dark, loud bar, you know, that messes with all of my senses so it's even harder for me to, to, plus I'm drinking too, so it's even harder for me to tell what somebody looks like. So I, I am really dependent, like that's why I said it so many times, because there were so many different women that I was talking about, all very much different from one another. And it was just, it's just that combination of everything that makes somebody pretty to me. And yeah. So when I'm happy and I'm wasted and I'm rambling, I like to talk about pretty girls. I am a big fan of pretty girls. And like I just said, to me, that's a big, broad swath of humanity that falls under the, the title of pretty girl. So, yeah, man, <laughs> that was... I I I might take that episode down. I don't know. It's pretty. I don't know. I, I yeah. I, I I just haven't decided on what I'm gonna do with that yet. But but we have more people. Um, we got Spencer. Forget more people. We got Spencer. He's gonna talk about. He's gonna talk about that episode too. All right. Thanks for the call, Joe. Spencer. What man? Hey Joe, Jason here. Thanks for sharing your drunken ramble. I actually think there's some good stuff in there. You have to look on the the bright side of life. And um Yeah, it doesn't do you any good going through life feeling bad for yourself and whatnot. You just gotta make the best of what you got, right? I I think a lot of us could <laughs> learn a lot from living that way. So thank you for sharing. Really appreciate it. And that's really awesome. You got to go party the other night and i will talk to you later take care thanks jason man yeah some pearls among the swine right <laughs> you get a group of monkeys together with a bunch of typewriters they're gonna come up with shakespeare eventually <laughs> drunken assholes might gonna say something semi helpful you know i don't know I don't know, man. I'm glad you got something out of it. I had fun with it. Nervous about it. We got we got some other callers that are called in about the show, so we'll we'll hear what they have to say later. 
But yeah, it was it was really fun to get out there and go party. It's just such, you know, after a couple of years of not doing that, it's such a different but the same thing. Really, like it was cool because the bar wasn't too crowded. Uh, it was kind of like the right amount of people. And they were checking vaccination cards at the door and you had to wear masks when you were going up. You know, if you were sitting at your table with a drink, you didn't have to have a mask on. Or if you basically, I mean, there are ways to worry. Pretty much if you had a drink in your hand, they weren't really enforcing masks at all. But most people were pretty good about it. You know, people that were just out there dancing to the music, grooving. I'd say the majority of them, from what everybody was saying, they were wearing masks. Um, I, it's one of the other tricky things. I don't ever know. I can't tell. Sometimes it's like, what's wrong with that person's face? And I'll be like, oh, it's probably a mask. But yeah, it was, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, I got a picture of my Vax card on my phone. So when I you know, go to the bar, they check your ID, they check your Vax card, and then boom, good to go. And yeah. It was cool, man. So I appreciate the call. I appreciate the kind words, as always, dude. Jason, you're really hard on yourself sometimes. Harder than you need to be, because you're a super rad dude. So it's I like it when you're nice to me. <laughs> anyway, you know who's next? The God of Ravens. Let's hear it, Joe. Hey Joe, or should I say LL Cool Joe, because the ladies clearly love Cool Joe. Um, that was a really enjoyable episode, really sweet to hear you uh, do a drunken ramble and get a little slice of life. Um, and it's no surprise to me that you are a local legend, that's awesome. And in a city as cool as Seattle, well... I say that like I know anything about Seattle. All I know about Seattle is what I've seen on Frasier, but it seems like a cool place. And um, as for being a happy drunk, yeah, I can really identify with that. I'm not sure whether that's a blessing or a curse because it has meant that I've done a lot of drinking in my time. But, um, you know, that's all in the past now anyway. Uh, Take care, man. Cheers. Dude, Spencer, so clearly the ladies do not love Joe. They might like Joe, but but they clearly do not love Joe. Um, hence the reason for my drunken ramble that may have come across as a little lonely sounding. I don't know. When I listened to it, I was still sort of drunk. I was like, that sounds awesome. And then listening back, I was like, do I sound really lonely? I've been told I sound lonely in there. But yeah, man, like, I'm a fun dude. I'm a good wedding date. <laughs> I like to dance and talk to people. Uh, so yeah, like, I, I like, w- when I'm in that situation, going in dead sober, like, walking into a bar, you know, at the f- the first bar of the night, I am, I'm happy to talk to the people that I know that I'm there with. But as far as like talking to a stranger or something, no, that that's that's probably not going to happen unless they approach me. I'm not going to approach somebody. Uh, it, it's just too 
too much of a hassle. I have enough trouble with bartenders when I'm sober because of the way my eyes don't focus and move around. They think I'm wasted. So I don't want to walk up to somebody and just freak them the fuck out. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this dude? Yeah, man. So, but then once I get a few in me, then it's, then it's <laughs> that's a whole other story. But as far as, you know, being a happy drunk and stuff and yeah, that could, I used to drink, I've talked about it before. I used to drink a lot, an awful, awful, awful lot, like every day, all night long. I worked at a, for 10 years, I, you know, was a co-manager of a pub, you know, uh, the old town ale house. So an ale house um, specializing in craft beers and pretty decent food. And it was all you can drink for us there. There was no rules. Like I would get off work at, you know, around five o'clock, sit down at the bar, start drinking and sometime not leave till three, four or five o'clock in the morning. Cause we'd all, once the night shift got off, we'd just kept going and I'd be there. Uh, I don't do that stuff anymore. And that was every day, right? Like I was working five days a week. I do that pretty much every day. And then on weekends, I'd sit in there for even longer. Sometimes it's unlimited free beer. What are you supposed to do? But yeah, I can't do that anymore. Uh, it just, it kicks my ass too bad. So now, you know, I don't ever drink by myself. Um, when I'm alone, I don't drink by my, like, I don't drink at home unless it's a game night. So like once every other week, I'll have some beers while I run games. And then every now and then if I'm playing online, I might have a beer or two, but for the most part, I'll go days without drinking. Um, and yeah, that's just the way it is now because that lifestyle, while it was super fun, was unsustainable, dude. I would, I'd be dead by now. I'm sure if I kept on doing that, it was, it was gnarly. <laughs> it was a ton of fun, but yeah, it was, it was rough, man. Uh, yeah. Going into work on like three hours of sleep and 15 beers. That's tough. So a, a healthier lifestyle I live now. And you know, it sounds like a lot of us are in the same boat when we were younger we drank a lot now that we're a little older we don't do it as much and i i think that's pretty i think that's solid you know it's so easy it is so easy to go down the road of being a hardcore drunk it's 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 an easy road it's a fun road for a lot of the time and yeah it 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 can be a hard road to get off of and for people that do it that's amazing you know, like whether it's hard or easy, it's awesome that people make that choice to be like, yeah, man, this is just a little too rough. My kidneys hurt. My liver hurts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't make a lot of those drunken ramble casts because I am an open book. A lot of times when I start drinking, I don't care. I, and I mean, I'm that way for the most part sober because I, I, I'm, I'm of the mind of the opinion that when people do stuff when they're drunk, it's not that much different from what they do when they're sober. They just 
wouldn't do it when they're sober because, you know, they feel weird about it. But it's not something totally out of character. I think drinking is a character amplifier, not a character changer. Though everybody's a little bit different than that with that kind of stuff. But for the most part, from my experiences with myself and all my friends and yeah, everyone else I've ever known pretty much, it's it just amplifies who they already are. So if somebody is an asshole when they're drunk, probably kind of an asshole when they're sober. You know, maybe they hide it well, but it's in there. It's in there. So, you know, booze doesn't, I don't think at least, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that booze creates stuff in us. It just makes it easier to let the beast out. But your beast is in there. I don't know, man. What do I know? I don't even drink anymore, so what do I know? (laughs) I have a buddy who's like, you know, I'd be like, oh, He'll be like, yeah, I didn't drink tonight. I was like, oh, you didn't drink? He's like, nah, I just had like two beers. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's not drinking. Uh, and that's, you know, to each their own, man. It's everybody's own road they got to go down. But like I said, if you realize there's a problem, it's amazing when folks can do that and change their life. I That's fantastic. So good on you, Spence. You're a solid, solid dude. One of these days, I'm coming out to visit you in your spooky manor house so I can wander the hallways into like a white dressing gown with a candle. That's kind of all I want to do. <laughs> That's really all I want to do when I come out there, man. I'll just sleep all day and then at night I'll just wander the halls aimlessly. That sounds amazing. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> That's it, everybody. Let's get out of here. nice (laughs) well that was fun uh yeah thank you all so much for the calls spencer joe jason carl darren i appreciate it dudes thanks so much um thanks all to all my listeners for not being mean to me about my drunken ramble emotional wide open (laughs) episode i put out last i'm glad i have another episode now to cover that one up still i don't know I still might take it down. It's weird. But yeah, this was awesome. This was fun. It was good to get back to some messages and see, well, actually to hear from y'all and hear what you have to think and say. So yeah, thanks so much. This wouldn't have been a show without you, obviously. (laughs) Anyway, folks, until next time, I have a a game tonight at time of uh, recording got another session of curse of the crimson throne so we'll see how that goes see if everybody's there and i imagine in a day or so we can hear about that see what else is going to happen i don't know whoever knows the world is crazy anything could happen at any time so love the people that you're with loved your loved ones make sure they know because you never know you just absolutely never know yeah anyway till next time folks peace out